Just like the British weather right now, we're changing temperature in this episode of the Great British Mickey Waffle. From hot park news to cool ideas for balmy evenings in Walt Disney World, we've got it all. Welcome to the Great British Mickey Waffle. Peter, and joining me this time are Ben. Hello, Ben. Hi, Peter. How are you? I'm all right. Are you feeling any better? Yes, feeling much better. Yeah, got over a bit of a cold, and even though now the weather's gone the opposite way, it's got colder, so... Yes. Yeah. And hello, Claire. Hi there. Is everyone okay? Yeah, good. Good, yeah, we're okay. What about you? Uh, it's uh, usual. It's nearly November. Well, it is November, and it's... Um, yeah. You know, jetting towards Christmas. Ooh, you said the C word. The band word is banned. It's banned. Talking of band, hello, John. How are you today? Hello, Peter. Oh, I'm great. I'm full, full of the joys in November already. Okay. Yeah. You've got that crisp autumn feeling, have you? Just. I've just got rid of all them pumpkins that we talked about last month, <laughs> which, which was highly enjoyable. Okay, um, and I'm, I'm desperately, I'm desperately trying not to make a comment about celebrating Guy Fawkes Night. You're not going to throw, you know, you're not going to throw, you're not going to throw a guy on a last month. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> no, definitely not. Oh, oh. No way. We won't go any further into that. <laughs> Hello, Jill. Hello. How are you? Pretty good. Freezer full of pumpkin soup. With all those leftovers and uh, getting ready for all the November stuff now. Parking. Parking is the thing to have on November. Not free parking. Uh, for Americans. I was going to say that. I could <laughs> yes. do with a bit of free yeah. parking. Yeah. It's always good that. Yeah. It's yeah. sort of planning to go Monopoly. Yeah. Halfway around for the board our... and it's free parking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for our non-British <laughs> listeners, parking is a traditional autumn cake mm. here in the UK. And it's yummy. Yeah. And it's lousy. <laughs> <laughs> I, say, I think cake might be pushing it slightly. I'm not sure it counts as cake. I think yeah. <laughs> stoneware, uh, paving slab. Yeah. Um, oh. yeah. yeah. It's extremely uh, heavy. Offici- officially sponsored by dentists. Yeah, yeah. dentists really love it because so you'll you be going there the following, the following week. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's kick things off with the next instalment of Journey to a Century. Over to you, John. The Decade, 2003 to 2013. In the words of Charles Dickens, or was it Gonzo from the Muppets? There were the best of times and there were the worst of times. It simply depended on which side of the Disney fence you were on. The fallout from the 9-11 atrocities hung over the tourist industry, and with the implications, it saw for some challenging attendances in the Orlando theme parks. This meant for some bargains for visitors, 
and with flights and hotel rooms in great supply, prices were geared towards those who ventured to make the journey. By 2005, we even saw the introduction of the Disney Dining Plan as a way to encourage more people to stay on site. An ingenious idea. As mentioned in the previous decade, there was already unrest within the Disney board, and by October 2005, it saw the end of the Michael Eisner years and the installation of Bob Iger as CEO of the company, in order to bring unity and a collective strategic direction to all elements of the business in tough conditions. Aside from that, the planning from the past actually saw changes in park and resort development. 2003 saw Mission Space open to great acclaim in a fast-changing Epcot, although for many, the fact it replaced Horizons was enough of a reason to dislike it. The company celebrated the 75th anniversary of Mickey Mouse, whilst in the same month, Wishes made its debut as the magical, spectacular firework offering in Magic Kingdom, together with the opening of Phil and Magic, and Pop Century Resort opened its doors to guests for the first time, quickly followed in early 2004 by the resort and golf courses at Saratoga Springs, which gradually opened to much excitement and expectation throughout this decade. Park additions came thick and fast, with some notable rides added to garner interest and to continue to lure the tourists back to Florida, and to Walt Disney World in particular. Soaring in Epcot opened in 2005, Everest in Animal Kingdom in 2006, which became the most expensive roller coaster in the world, and the top speed of 50 miles an hour made an immediate impression on guests. It was also the year of a million dreams, with a guest promotion that remains firmly imprinted in the memories of those who had the pleasure to experience the Disney magic at its finest. Possibly one of those dreams worthy of note was the removal in 2007 of the wand, of the Spaceship Earth building, which had remained from the Millennium Celebration, and the ride itself being updated to the narration of Dame Judi Dench. Changes at MGM Studios, with Residential Street being demolished to accommodate Light's motor action, were just a precursor to the change of name in 2008, with no longer used studio sound stages being repurposed, and Disney choosing Hollywood Studios as a new brand without the MGM name. Soundstage 1 became home to Toy Story Midway Mania, and with California having their version unveiled just three weeks later in June 2008, instantly knowing it to be a crowd-pleaser, Disney knew they had another family-friendly, surefire winner on their hands. But the developments were even wider than that, with Disneyland celebrating 50 years in 2005, as Hong Kong and Disneyland also opened its gates, and all parks worldwide joined together in a happiest celebration on earth. In Walt Disney World in particular, plans were afoot for rapid expansion, but that expansion came at a cost, as with the Main Street Electrical Parade returning as part of Summer Night-tastic in 2011, it inexplicably brought to an end Spectro Magic, the magnificent, unique Walt Disney World Nighttime Parade which never returned, having left open to the elements, and with parade floats that were in no condition to run the nighttime parade route ever again. This was possibly another sign that with all the talks of expansion and change, 
there were some serious deficiencies in the actual long-term planning of the Parks Division throughout this decade. Further afield, and the film part of the business started the decade off in global blockbusting style, with Pirates of the Caribbean and Pixar's Finding Nemo both grossing more than $300 million at the box office. The year after this, in 2004, after years of partnership, Disney acquired the Muppets and bearing the Blue Blue House for $75 million from the Jim Henson Company, whilst another Pixar film, The Incredibles, hit the big screen. Disney then produced their own 100% computer-generated film in Chicken Little. With the relationship with Pixar at the time becoming strained, this is possibly not the film that Disney fans were expecting as a way of proving that they had the animation imagineering talent available to compete with the pioneering Pixar. The Disney acquisition of Pixar was costly at $7.4 billion, but was time limited as they were within months of the original contract expiring, which seems somewhat unthinkable historically, but meant that Pixar actually held a lot of the cards in respect of corporate power, with Steve Jobs actually serving on the Disney board amongst the Pixar highlights. The films kept flowing thick and fast. Meet the Robinsons, Ratatouille, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End, then became the biggest grossing film of that year. But the influence of Pixar film releases were an experience to behold, with cinema goers equally awaiting and enjoying Wally. Up in Toy Story 3 in the years to 2010, where Disney Studios were offering Enchanted, Bolt, High School Musical 3, Tangled, and an interesting use of Jim Carrey in a remake of A Christmas Carol. Everything Pixar made seemed to turn to gold, and this probably brought for some frustration to the mixed reception for many Disney offerings at this time. Nomeo and Juliet at through Touchstone Pictures, a follow-up to Tron, a new Muppet film, and another Pirates of the Caribbean film, was leading the fight from the Disney side of things. As we get close to the end of this decade, there became a more shared approach from both Disney and Pixar, with a more collaborative approach seemingly the definitive way forward. And as Wreck-It Ralph hit our screens, who would know what cinematic phenomenon was about to let it go. On the small screen, High School Musical, Camp Rock, Hannah Montana, Handy Money and the unforgettable Phineas and Ferb became new features on the Disney TV channel. With the Epic Mickey interactive video game a fan favourite for those who had bought the Nintendo Wii, with technology moving fast. As business decisions were also being made with the same speed. Marvel Entertainment being bought in 2009, a year in which we mourned the passing of Roy E. Disney. Miramax was sold for $660 million, along with the Power Rangers brand for $100 million. And in 2010, the acquisition of the Avatar rights and subsequent announcement of expansion at Animal Kingdom followed. And with two new cruise ships added to the Disney Cruise Line fleet, things were steaming ahead across all parts of the business. Alani opened in Hawaii, signifying the ongoing success of the Disney Vacation Club, with Art of Animation in Orlando 
and with groundbreaking taking place on a new theme park in Shanghai, China. There was only just one thing that could overshadow all those. After many years of trying, some negotiation and possibly personal recognition by George Lucas that now was finally the time, and at a reputed cost of over $4 billion, the Star Wars franchise and that of Indiana Jones and the whole of Lucasfilm would be in the ownership of Disney. A decade of Disney that ends just as it began, with the unthinkable becoming a reality, and with a breathless rate of change necessary for companies to simply keep up with the relentless changes seen in our own personal lives, with technology taking a firmer hold on our consumption of media, and with the internet becoming an even more important part of daily life, with 3G, Wi-Fi and mobile phones becoming affordable and widely used. There certainly was no turning back now. So, John, you did a lot of research for that, and you gave a, a, a great review, by the way. It was really good. What stands out for you? I think it's probably the things the things that I missed out as well, Peter. And I think that's the bit that you know <laughs> what we what we need to remember is actually. I think for all of us, as, as we've talked about, each of the decades have been completely full of so much that's happened, and and that particular decade. It was it was staggering because it was kind of it was coming from all corners and it was becoming you know it, it started off badly with with what happened with nine eleven but as a, as a tourist trade was actually on its knees you suddenly find you needed something else to you know as we found before with the war and things like that the company were desperately yeah. looking for ways of, of shoring shoring up the finances. And it, it even got to the bit. It was I didn't mention it in the in the, the actual decade, but at, at one point Comcast came in with a, a takeover bid, a hostile takeover bid of sixty six billion dollars, and that it's even now it's unthinkable that someone could come in and actually because the business side of things was not particularly good, because the boards weren't united, it became one of those things that people could actually you know they maybe just start throwing in daft little bids just to see what would happen but the money the money becomes incredible as you go from there and you we finish with like star the star wars franchise being bought for 4.8 billion oh, four, four billion dollars having bought and bearing the big big blue house and the muppets wrong was it set only 75 million it is, it's just it's crazy money <laughs> yes. it's absolutely it goes it's, it it's went really weird when you hear just figures like that yeah and, and that's yeah, that for me is 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 the bit that you can't lose complete sense of it. But as it finishes off, the whole thing of how technology had changed so much, you know, you think about how we we were at a stage where it was unthinkable at the start of that decade to even think about having a mobile phone. By the end of it, most people were at the <laughs> stage where a mobile phone was was an affordable proposition, and we'll probably find the next decade of where that led us to, but. Absolutely incredible. <laughs> it really is. Absolutely Just incredible. Just imagine taking a phone without a camera into Magic Kingdom. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. You wouldn't have a selfie. Yeah. It's just weird. It's but even, weird to even, think. Yeah, even yeah, video as well. Massive digital yeah. 
Yeah, taking a massive digital SLR with a 30, yeah. you know, 7300 lens and, you know, huge group, but it's so yeah. heavy. Um, and and now, you know, better quality, probably. <laughs> I know. It's just, that's good that's quality crazy, from a phone. Crazy to think of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I know. It's I know. weird. Really Good enough weird. quality from a phone. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, it's ex- exceptional quality from yeah. a phone. Indeed. Yeah, <laughs> Claire, you probably went the most during this decade of of, of all us here. Mm. What do you remember? Um, I, I'm trying to think what stands out for me because, John, you're extremely thorough with your... Uh, I thought I was uh, quite brief myself, Claire. You know, I, that's the edited highlights of it all. so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the match of the day highlights. Um, I, I, do you know what? Uh, there's so much that went on, and I think yeah. there was some um, amazing strategic decisions made. There were some operational things that yeah. that changed the future that we will find out about. We already know, but we'll find out about yeah. next, <laughs> next time. And I think that when you <sighs> the loss of Michael Eisner and the the in, introduction of uh, Bob Iger, when you read Bob Iger's autobiography you know it's yeah. really interesting in terms of his experiences and a new ceo um and really it felt like there was sort of speculate to accumulate time um yeah. you know nobody was traveling to the parks because of 9 11 it became yeah. this dearth of of tourist tourism so something had to be built to attract people back and it's very much like we see post-covid you know the well Kind of, we thought we were going to see post COVID, um, <laughs> yeah. and I think that there was <laughs> there was there was things happening to project for the future that you know those acquisitions, um, the building of new attractions in the parks, um, or certainly laying the foundations for what would come in the future. And I think yeah. that things like the Muppets and Star Wars and and you know what was going on, particularly. Um, with Pixar as a branch of the Disney company um, whilst remaining still quite separate uh, became quite synonymous to the growth of that particular decade. And I think you can't underestimate the impact that the Pixar movement had. They had such a different approach. Mm. Um, And some of those, some of those films, when you think like um, Wall-E, they're just, yeah. enormously groundbreaking in yeah. terms of the emotional maturity of the theming um mm. you know mm. every good disney movie has a tragedy in it well yeah. you know <laughs> the loss of civilization and the earth <laughs> being one yeah um and and horrific grief um and loss and death in the other you know these are not small themes to take no. on mm. uh, into an animated picture so um i think that those things uh, really moved move yes the whole company forwards on a trajectory that was yeah. uh, fairly exponential this was our decade of our first trip yeah what does that decade mean to you oh gosh i remember hearing and seeing a lot about the year of a million dreams when we were starting to do research yes. for our trip um and of course by the time we got there in 2010 it was all over but it was still a magical magical place and it's really strange to think that some of those rides were pretty much brand new when we went because it's kind of all set in my mind that this is how the park the parks are. Um, I remember Tangled because we actually saw Tangled in Downtown Disney. In AMC, it was there, yeah. In AMC um, Cinema. 
which was a place so big that each of the screens had its own zip code. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it was a, a really, it was a very changeable decade, wasn't it? Mm. Lots of changes happening. Yeah, yeah. I have to say, Jill, when you said magical place, my brain immediately went to the Toys R Us advert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's kind of Jeffrey. where I am this afternoon. Oh. Yeah. It's, the time, it's the right time of year. We're in November. It can't be we long. Are, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I first read that sign, I thought Jeffrey was a dinosaur <laughs> and Toy Saurus. Jeff is okay. a giraffe. Definitely <laughs> giraffe. Yes. yes. Yeah. Toysaurus would actually Toysaurus. make more sense. Right. Uh, it's yeah. how I like first a, read it. Yeah. Like a rhinosaurus. Yes. Just saying. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> ben, what does this decade mean to you? Well, definitely not Toys R Us adverts. You <laughs> <laughs> should do. That's the right decade. It's the right yeah. period I, don't know. I, I would say late 90s, but mm. yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I do remember that advert. Or like, I can't think of that advert now without thinking about the Coca-Cola advert. It's yeah. like Christmas holidays that, are coming. Yeah, the holidays yeah. are coming. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. So oh, how many yeah. times have we said <laughs> we need a swear jar? Because how many times have we said uh, the same word so. Christmas? I think so. so, so. Yeah. I think we're going to end up with a swear jar for all sorts of things. So <laughs> I think mentioning mentioning I don't Christmas, care. but also I know that we've had some feedback from a from a listener around abbreviations. Yeah, that we do that sometimes. So we are going to try really hard not to. And uh, I said to Ben, he should create a siren for when when one of us uses <laughs> an abbreviation. And we're going to have a we're going to have a, a total on the screen per person. Yeah. Yeah. So how many times you're caught out? Oh, yeah. so Ooh, listeners, if you uh, if you hear us using an abbreviation, please tell us, and we will correct ourselves. And we'll let you know what the abbreviation actually stands for. Yes. Because I have to admit, there's a there's a long there's a long list of them, and I still don't uh, think yeah. I know. All, I might know all of them, but there might be a couple yeah. of them that will be unsure. Oh, so, so we're going to try uh, really hard. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's an article in the show about that somewhere. Yes, I'm sure there must yeah. be. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Ben, Disney that the, decade. This what, decade. What did you so think? What, what, it's difficult for me. I'll, my main focus is the films, like like you, Peter and Jill. You said about you not doing your trip till 2014. 2010, 2010, sorry. Um, It was more about the films and how all I heard from not watching every Disney film was that how many companies Disney was acquiring. So how much (laughs) all of these acquisitions that wasn't just working for the next film, but laying the groundwork for the following few years. So when you think of nowadays from Marvel, Star Wars, everything that they have, that they were doing with Pixar, it, it was something that I think that was quite um, quite interesting because sometimes you think a company's going to buy someone and you think, what are they going to use that IP for? Is it going to be something that intellectual property is going to go into a park? Is it going to be something that they use for um, a, a film series? Because, John, you mentioned yeah. about Avatar. Yeah. And when you think what they've used now from from that, Absolutely. Yeah. I think as well, going with that, Ben, I think what was what's really interesting there is I actually think to begin with, some of it was luck rather than judgment. And I think they realized probably in the next decade just how they could actually exploit it even more within the parks. Yeah. I won't give I won't give away next next month's uh, segment, <laughs> but but I, I would 
I think the Pixar bit was was so last minute in being finalised. Pixar held every single bit of power, and and actually, they, I think they they did very very well for themselves yeah. in actually getting people on the board, but also the amount of money they were able to to take out of Disney to to actually become proper yeah. proper partners. You know, I think I alluded to it within within the uh, the piece though is the fact that some of the films that Disney were making at that time were absolutely atrocious, and and fans were telling Chicken them Chicken Little, yeah, that was a big opportunity to to show. Oh, we can we can make animated films again. We can do them better than anyone else. And people are looking at and thinking, oh, by the way. You know that deal, that deal with Pixar. I think you probably need to get them to sign it before that runs out. Because yeah. without it, who who knows where Pixar could have ended up? Because they they would have had the pick of any other big massive um, recording company to go and take their product yeah. to. And and what came after that? You could imagine if they went up the road to Universal. Heaven heaven forbid. But it could have happened. And the the history of the theme parks, the history of so many of these films could be completely different. And, it, and that's what fascinates me. It has fascinated me through the, every single decade we've looked at because there's been certain parts within the company's history where decisions in in some ways were, were made by luck, but then the, they were the springboard for what we see now or what we what we saw and what we've grown to love over, over the years. It's, it, it's fascinating. John, you, you mentioned it. It's, wasn't this the decade where Universal um, had all the reveal of Harry Potter? So when yeah. you think everything up yes, the road, was, all the yes. competition yeah. and everything from yes, that, it was, this yeah. was showing Disney, like, okay, yeah. we, we can do this too. They raised yeah. the bar. Yeah. They yes, massively yeah. raised the bar and, and actually showed what could be done. If you, if you go back to those original park-building sort of routines of don't just don't sit in an office and just dream it, Go and get it built. Go and put it out there. And I think they've kind of lost a little sight of that because if you think of how quickly both Disneyland and Walt Disney World actually managed to get Toy Story Midway Mania put in there was was you know was absolutely amazing. And it became part and parcel of it. Soaring, you know, if anyone's never seen the Imagineering story of how they actually the design of Soaring was made from Meccano, but so clever. <laughs> to actually have a ride vehicle where you mm. can actually see people's feet and, and actually recognise that that was the, just purely because that was the the Meccano design. But absolutely brilliant. But it came into the park so quick. And I think that's where, certainly where Universal, have still got that march on, on a lot of what Disney are producing. Excellent. Well, thanks for that, guys. We've had an amazing journey through history mm. with these episodes. And I can't believe that next time will be the last one bringing us up to the current day. That should be a really interesting one. Lots and lots and lots has happened. Probably about an hour long, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you said you said that last month about mine, you see, I I, I absolutely you know, that was edited to the extreme. I would hasten to add anyone who listened to that and thought, goodness they were right, it was an epic. Wait until next wait till next. And if anyone anyone has listened to our first ever show, that was a lot shorter than John's <laughs> first four-part challenge. Oh, yeah. yeah. Too right. I mentioned some hot park news, and the first item is definitely called Rejoicing Amongst the Wafflers. 
from 9th of January 2024. If your Walt Disney World Park ticket includes park hopping, you'll no longer have to wait until 2pm before you can enter the second park for the day! Yay! At last. It feels like yes, it's indeed. Non- something that from a few years ago feels like it's just come back to the way. And, and, and it's just nothing off that list, isn't it? Of like what was before yeah. COVID, what was before the pandemic yeah. that we had in the parks. And it's just one of those things that even though we not all of us, I think, used park hopping, all the time, but it was a nice feature to, to have if yeah. you wanted to go yeah. for breakfast in Epcot and then go the rest, spend the rest of the day in Magic Kingdom. Yep. This follows on top of um, not needing park reservations. Yes. So, yes, Ben, okay. it's, it's, it, it is. It's like the old days. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, no, not, it's a bit more expensive than the old days, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Might get a paper passport. <laughs> it's it's just like the old days. Yeah. <laughs> not that old, John. <laughs> 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 so does this mean the four park challenge is back on yes. I think it never left I just think it depends on what as long as long as the parks were open late enough yes but I don't know uh, what you need to do is stay in a deluxe then that way you get late evening and you, you can do. do four park challenge really easy mm-hmm. yeah. that's if you've got enough money to stay in a deluxe it depends on what 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 you determine as a four-part challenge because i remember on our first episode we were some of us broke rules some of us used a time machine to visit different broke rules surely yeah. not but it's one of those it depends on what you set because is it like a park a snack a ride yeah. a show you, you, you can make it as as what you what you want as your four-part challenge yeah that's i think important. we need to that's revisit important. that oh yes, yeah. next next thought. year Next yeah. year, the full park challenge returns. How about that? The three-hour show ben, returns. And <laughs> 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 uh, Ben, aren't there some slight differences for annual pass holders with all the news that's going around? Yeah, some of the news isn't quite welcome, if I'm honest, uh, with yeah. pass holders because the prices have increased. So you've Disney do four Walt Disney World annual passes. So the Incredible Pass, Sorcerer Pass, um, Pirate Pass, and Pixie Dust Pass. So the ones that, if most people probably get from the UK, um, is the Incredible Pass, uh, which has gone from fourteen hundred dollars up to one thousand four hundred fifty dollars for the year. Wow. So just some um, massive hikes, isn't it? They? Yeah. They've gone up by fifty dollars or thirty dollars if you go for the Sorcerer Pass, which is if you're a Florida resident or a Disney Vacation Club member. Um, and Claire, I remember us talking the other day that about the upgrade, because I remember in 2018, we mm. would go out there with a 14-day ultimate ticket, go to the yeah. window, mm-hmm. show my Disney Vacation Club card, and upgrade to a Sorcerer Pass. It's yeah. a bit hit and miss if you want to do that now. You can do it. I think but... you can if you're DVC. Yeah. If you're Because I went to, um, in the summer, I went to uh, Guest Relations at Disney Springs, that lovely air-conditioned building, deluxe <laughs> burger, um, and had a very long conversation with the the team there. And actually, the cast member who I was working with at the time, she was um, she was brilliant. And she went off and checked in the back. And they have, if you're not a DBC member, they actually have a cut-off date from which you needed to have bought your bought your ticket before okay. for it to be able to be upgraded. So they can like refund yeah. that and then charge the. That on top mm. would be my guess. The yeah. difference in price. So, um, so I couldn't do the upgrade, but I, ha- I did subsequently buy an annual pass, and then they put the prices up. So that was quite 
I believe so. Good timing. Very good timing. Yeah. Because yeah. the yeah. thing is, been- we know Disney puts a price up every year, sometimes twice a year. We just don't, it just, it just surprises when it happens. <laughs> I think so it's trying to get a balance, horses- isn't it? Sorry, Jill, on you go. Yeah. With, with the annual passes, uh, will you need to make um, park reservations still? Uh, yes, from what I understand, you have to make and hold at a minute up to five theme park reservations on a rolling basis. Um, but also, if you book stay on site, that's also included. So we've got our stay next week um, okay. on, an, uh, on an annual pass. Um, and we can book five, but because we're staying at a Disney resort, we can book all seven at once. Oh, cool. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That's great. So, yeah. so it is a bit flexible. And yeah. from what I understand, Disney have changed the park reservations a little bit for um, from the 9th of January for annual pass holders where they've got good-to-go days or the days where you might need to book a reservation and you just go into yeah. any park um, that's available on that day. And, Ben, I'm right in thinking that as an annual pass holder, you don't need to make a park reservation if you plan on entering the park after 2 o'clock. The only thing on that at the minute is Magic Kingdom. Every yeah. other park is fine, but I think it's Magic Kingdom on a weekend. On weekends, isn't Yeah, it? Friday, Saturday yeah. and Sunday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But other than, that, other than that, you don't. if you're yeah. going in after two o'clock, you don't need to make no, a reservation right. at yeah. all if you're, if you're an annual pass holder. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's good. Been trying to get to grips with the new yeah. rules. Yeah, and, and the, getting there. The benefits of pass holder, we, we've, it all depends on how many trips you have booked. Um, as we've got Disney Vacation Club, our hotel sort of availability works on our sort of 11 months. So sometimes an annual pass works works well. Sometimes we decide to skip a year. We won't um, won't renew, and we'll just go for a fourteen day ultimate ticket. So, um, but it, it is interesting with all the price rises that Disney added last week that mm. have made the UK ticket sound better value. <laughs> <laughs> because for a fourteen day ticket next year, it's five hundred fifty nine pounds through um, Disney's website. But when you think right. if you break that down to what you get included, where if you had a US ticket, you don't have any of that included. So don't you know. don't have your memory maker, which has now gone up to $185. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's if you do it before, it's actually $205 if you buy it on the day. Right, right, yes. Right, yeah. So it's yeah, a, a, a lot of it, as with a lot of things with Disney, you need a spreadsheet, you need to have a calculator, you need to work uh-huh. out yeah. what is going to work exactly well it. for you. Yeah. And I believe um, parking prices are going up as well. By $5, I think, That's for a, for a, a standard in car. a single, yeah. I mean, it was, I think it was already quite, yeah. I mean, $25 yeah. 20% was already, though, isn't it? I think, pro. Yeah, it's it's a fair hit. Is, 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 is this I'm the cost sure for that... bringing the trams back? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the cost of the tram drivers, yeah. maybe yeah. so. Yeah. I, I think that's quite a lot in one go. Oh, I, I agree. Um, I was surprised yeah. it went up that much. I thought yeah. it would be a couple of dollars, yeah. not five. Yeah. And you know, if you're there I fourteen think... days, you add that onto yeah. every day. If you're, it's um, it's a huge, yeah. and that's where. Do you um, do your maths about an annual pass? Or, or staying on site, because then you don't yeah. have to worry about parking in the parks. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. You know, for us, yeah. if we go, when we go next year, because we will, and we have a car, and we stay, yeah. if we stay off site, then actually with my annual pass, we won't pay for parking. Mm-hmm. But that would have been an additional cost. And yes, um, you save money by not staying on site, but actually... It's a big addition. Know, five dollars a day, it's one of those things. things you have to do the number crunching, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Well, I was talking to a friend the about this the other day. Go up as well. Um, 
Yes, by another five dollars. What about? I what think about it's fifteen to twenty dollars difference in. Um, <laughs> Claire oh, tried already. I haven't looked at valet, yeah. but yeah. Claire just because no, because valet was thirty-three dollars. Yeah. Oh. So I, I I suspect that valet will have gone up probably to thirty-five, maybe thirty-six. Because no, that would be the same sort of rate. Parking rate. price increase. Here we go. Let's have a look. So, so twenty-five to thirty dollars for a car or motorcycle. Uh, standard parking increase gone up to up to fifty five dollars. So that would be the yeah. If we put a five five dollars on the yeah. top of the preferred, yeah. Um, and it doesn't say anything about valet. Okay, so valet's still thirty three. Um, just so it just says the price of an oversized vehicle, which has gone thirty to thirty five dollars. Right. So Ooh, it's, it's interesting because nothing's actually changed at parking to warrant that extra five dollars. Mm. I understand. F- no, when, of course when, there when, isn't. It's, no, it's. Yeah. Not that they've added more spaces or the spaces have got bigger, so it's 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 nothing's changed like that, but it's still going to cost more. So is this another thing to throw into the whole decision of do you hire a car, do you rely on Uber, Lyft, etc., and the the Disney Transport? Yeah, all these things are part of the number crunching, aren't they? I'm so looking forward to coming back from this trip and letting everyone know what our car experience yeah. was like. Yes, because mm. this. Price has gone up. I would have been sort of, oh, it's annoyed in if we were staying off site and having to worry about an extra cost in this for parking. Yeah, so. I think as well, Ben, and I think this is probably where for anyone listening who's sort of scratching the head and thinking, oh my word, this is really adding on the cost of me holiday for next time. You actually just need to, you know, in the bigger scheme of things, it's not, a, it's not sort of going to break the trip and you're not going to turn around and go i have to pay five dollars more per day for parking we're not going let's go let's go to filey instead um and so it gets to it gets to it gets to the stage where you just have to you basically have to suck it up what it does do is maybe as claire's sort of alluding to with the with valet and etc is actually there might be ways you can actually negate some of the cost of it by finding other ways to do it. Um, but we'll wait and see because I think that until until you're caught yeah. up in it, you, you don't quite know quite the, the ways you're getting around it. And I'm pretty sure they'll put the And also, treat yourself well. to an Uber so you can go to the park, get an Epcot, yeah. and have yeah. a drink around the yeah. world. So yeah. There are benefits not to, yeah. to driving all the time. <laughs> Again, $30 for parking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> do the maths. Way. Yeah. How Couple much is a Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but in terms but yeah. of you know, if you were exactly. within exactly. a fifteen dollar Uber, yeah. and yeah. a lot yeah. of places around the yeah. south of Walt Disney World, around the one nine two, between fifteen and twenty dollars in an Uber. So mm. you got to again, you got to do the number crunching. Is it yeah. worthwhile? Yes, you're going to spend more money when you're there, but yeah, you know, it's um, it's certainly worth thinking about rather than just sucking up the, the parking in some days you want to but yeah are we getting to saturation point with these price rises now or can disney just Never go will. in indefinitely no. i think they're going Never will people will always go if it, so whilst we all moan price. about it yeah. people will all, we're always going to go none of mm. us i don't think any of the six of us sitting five of us <laughs> sitting here i was including becca obviously. Yeah. Oh. Uh, she's here in spirit here, yeah, yeah would say, oh, it's too expensive, I'm never going back. Yeah. 
We'd have a moan about it. We'll have a bitch about the prices. We'll have a moan, they go but, up every but year. we will work our way around we'll it. We'll still all go we'll, back. Yeah, where, whether we change yeah. something on the trip, whether we could decide to Us have one Starbucks a day instead of two. Half a million other people that are there every week. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I don't think they'll ever get to saturation point with the prices. <laughs> is my personal view. Do you think it's it just changes how you approach a trip? So I know we haven't mentioned it yet, but I know there's been a lot of increases across the board on foods, food, drink and uh, prefix menus. I know Chef Mickey's had quite a big increase in food price. So. Yeah, I won't be going there. No. No. (laughs) There's a surprise. Is it Disney wanting to get fewer people in the parks or is it Disney just wanting more money? Which which is it? Yeah. Yeah. it's one of those things also food does cost more when you think just yeah. Yeah. general day day yeah. shopping at the minute things are uh, mm. cost more i know from a dizzy perspective they're buying things on bulk on mass so they're mm. going to get a discount but actually sometimes you just have to pass that cost on to the customer unfortunately well if all this news has made you feel like booking a trip but wanting to ensure that you get the best value for your budget you have some friends who might be able to help Planning a trip to Florida, planning a cruise, plan on just getting away anywhere in the world. Polar Travel are your first and only stop along the way, making moments into memories. Contact them through our website or through their Facebook and Instagram profile and tell them that the Great British Mickey Waffle sent you there. And may your next magical adventure begin. Now that we've sorted out our tickets and parking, it's time to get into the parks. Hooray! And specifically to think about making most of our time there. So grab your glow-in-the-dark Mickey ears because it's going to be a fun night. When the sun goes down, Walt Disney World takes on a whole different atmosphere. The lights glimmer, the rides feel different, and we get some fantastic shows and parades. So guys, starting with Magic Kingdom, what makes After Dark at Disney so special for you? It's the parades. It's the seasonal par- parades and the parties. Um, you you only get a nighttime parade now if you go to either the Halloween party or the Christmas party. Uh, but, oh, my word, they are just wonderful. I love the um, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. I never get that name right, which is why in our house we just call it Doodad. But, uh, yeah, I just love it. It's just a wonderful evening. Yeah, we've been four times now. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's great. Uh, Favourite part? Well, it's either the parade or Totally Tomorrowland Christmas. If you haven't seen Totally Tomorrowland Christmas, do it. It's great. The atmosphere of the Christmas party is incredible. And I I haven't done the Halloween in in a few years, which we're going to change for next, next time. But it's one of those things that just... It just feels so nice just to go into a park and everyone's there for the same thing. And whether it's Halloween, you're there for candy, fireworks, the atmosphere just feels just more electric at night, especially pieces yeah. you mentioned going around Tomorrowland when you've got yeah. the Christmas party and it, yeah. it, it's just something that the atmosphere totally changes yeah. from day to night. I would say that the Halloween party is fairly epic as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Because, let's face it, Booty You Parade oh. is, without question, the best parade that Magic Kingdom does now. 
On a previous show at any possible, on sorry, on every previous show, um, has it been mentioned so many times it should be in the swear jar. No, oh, can you imagine? Just have a Spectrum Magic. Bring back Spectrum Magic. <laughs> yeah. Save Spectrum Magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's too late. It's too late. It can't be saved um, anymore, no. Yeah. But I think, I think you know, everyone who's... Yeah. I have people ask me, and actually I had someone ask me this just last week, who um, some friends who are going during half term and their, their child, I'm not going to say their names because their child doesn't know that they're going. Um, and they'll, although they'll be there when this comes out, I just, uh, I'm super cautious. Um, and they asked me, is it worth going to the Halloween party? And I did stop and think, because they haven't been before. And I was like, yes, it is absolutely worth going. And yes, it is worth the money. But I would wait and do it on your next trip. And she said to me, but we're only going once. And I was like, oh, no, let's, let's have that conversation first. Um, no, I, I have to say that I think that uh, I'm glad we didn't do it on our first trip because I think it is something extra. Yeah. And I think some of these evening entertainment options are, are nice extras if you've already exhausted what you perceive to be the value in the parks. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think we probably had been... 15 or 18 times before we did any of the evening events right? Okay. Um, because of the fact that you then go, okay, well, we've been to the Magic Kingdom in the evening and, you know, it's fine. Oh, we could do this new thing. Um, so we've done Halloween parties several times. Um, and then we've also done um, dessert parties uh, back when it was Wishes yeah. and the Main Street Electrical Parade. Um and those, those dessert parties on Tomorrowland Terrace, again, I think the value is there in terms of if you're clever and you can pick which one you do and make sure you get the right viewing space, not from the terrace. Don't do the one where you stand against <laughs> the barrier. Do, do the one with yeah, the Plaza sorry, Gardens. The do the Plaza Gardens yeah. one where you get to go to the front on viewing space where you're not going to get rammed. Um, and I think that, you know, those... They've added value to those. I think they now do have alcohol at them, which they didn't do previously. Um, Some of them, they do cheese and biscuits as well as desserts, which is a win. Um, (laughs) So I think that, you know, things have moved on a little bit from when they were maybe 10 years ago uh, and perhaps weren't the best value. I think they probably are. But then, you know, you've got to add up how much it is. If you're going as a family, you know, you might go as four, six, eight people if you're going in a big group and suddenly you're adding another hundred and, $120 per person on top of what you've already spent. So, again, the value is dependent on whether you can afford it. Mm. So um, and the experience is amazing. But if you're going to go away with a credit card bill that is uh, unmanageable, then it's it's never going to be worth it. In in, in June, we we nearly went for the dessert party. We were in the park and uh, had a panic attack because... 
getting in the front from watching Happily Ever After. And it, it got so crowded. There was a lot of screaming. There was a lot of shouting. And it was uncomfortable. It, it, yeah. Was, yeah. it was one of those things. And, but actually, then we thought about it. We just went round behind the castle. We went to Frontierland and we watched from the bridge one of the best viewing yeah. places yeah. of um, to and, see Happily Ever After. Yes, you don't get objections, you, but the fireworks are incredible. And I know that you're, you're appalled by my bl- lack of seeing of Happily Ever After. But that is exactly the reason why, because it's too crowded. Yeah. There are too many people in a very small space. Yeah. And I really, really find it yeah. massively anxiety provoking. Yes. And I can't see because yeah. I'm short. Mm. So it, it's um, really weird because we, we did it five times um, on our last trip um, from the park. And it was mm-hmm. amazing every time we went from a different place. But Sometimes there was like hardly any people there waiting for Happily Ever After to start. Where other times we've been there, it's like yeah. you go up like three hours before people are there ready and waiting. Yeah, it's really hit and miss yeah. and it's unpredictable. And, yeah. You know, that's the thing that, yeah. that's the reason. I mean, I did see Enchantment and that was uncomfortably yeah. busy. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. But I'm really glad I saw it yeah. and I saw Wishes, but from a dessert party. So I didn't yeah. have that number of people to contend with. Yeah. I just, I do. I think it, Walt Disney World is much better in terms of crowd control than Disneyland Paris. Yeah. Um, and I think that I've had some bad experiences where I've felt unsafe um, in both parks. And so mm. I've. It's not necessarily something that I choose to do is stand in the middle of Main Street crowded. I know for some people that's amazing and they love the the closeness of everybody's body heat on them. Um, <laughs> Particularly when it's for cold. me. <laughs> yeah. I would rather do exactly what Ben said. And I think there's there's warrant in saying that round the back of the park, when it's yeah. dark, there are mm-hmm. so many cool things to see. Yeah. Like just looking at yeah. the scenery, you know, when you see the Haunted Mansion lit yeah. up in the dark, yeah. that's worth a trip round there if nothing else. Yeah, the, the, the time we skipped Happily Ever After, we went on Big Thunder Mountain, and oh, I, I think brilliant. I filmed it. But um, we could see the oh, fireworks amazing. while we were just yeah. going up the yeah. lift hill. Yes, yeah. it, right? it was amazing. Yeah. It really was. So you don't um, have to be crammed in. Yeah. And that that raises an interesting point that there are, of course, joys to being in the park after dark when you haven't paid extra for an for a special event. Um, there's certain changes to the rides. And also, yes. I, think, yes. I think there's changes to to lighting as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I know that we, we that talked was... about my obsession with coffee <laughs> uh, many times. But I think also the theatrical lighting yeah. that they employ in in the dark mm. makes an enormous difference to the feel. Yeah. Just walking yes. through Adventureland, you know, Rainbow yeah. Pirates when it's dark is incredible because yeah. it's flawless. Um, rather than and, and you know hazy lighting, it feels yeah. amazing. It's an experience so, going on in Jungle Cruise at night. Yes, and it's I know so you know, different yeah. to what it is during yes. the day. Yeah, the mosquitoes are. To the ambience of the ride. Yeah. Right. Are, they, are they not animatronic mosquitoes? Then? They are. They're plastic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we looked at Magic Kingdom. What about Epcot? How? What's Epcot like after dark? There's more booze. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> Well, it depends. It depends. It depends. If you go during the day, there's still the same amount. So. <laughs> <laughs> there's more booze than Magic Kingdom at night, though. 
Yeah. Do you know, I think it's a really interesting question. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we would probably say the same for all four parks. Yeah. Is the atmosphere changes when the lights go down. And yeah. again, I, I go back to the lighting, I go back to the ambiance, I go back to the, the general feeling of the area. <laughs> Every one of those world showcase pavilions yeah feels different at night mm-hmm. yeah morocco my goodness yeah that's an epic yeah. pavilion yeah. to see in the evening france when you france go down the side when you go to ratatouille and you oh, just it's yeah. so different yeah. and then you've got the skyliner going above your head it's, yeah. that's it. yeah. it's an amazing photo of yeah. even the uk pavilion you know the pub gets raucous and loud and steamy and it feels a bit more like a normal pub um, <laughs> yeah and I think you could say that across all four of the parts. You know, you guys talk yeah. about Pandora and how incredible yeah. it is when yeah. it's dark. Yeah. I haven't still haven't had a proper experience of that yet. Right, okay. No, yet. we haven't either. No. And, oh. you know, then you throw Galaxy's Edge into the mix Ooh, yes. when it's dark. Yeah. You know, it's almost like a game of two halves, isn't it? It's like the daytime park and the nighttime park, they're really quite different. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I think some of those things in Epcot, as you were saying, Peter, it, there's it, one thing that show. sticks out for me in Epcot, and that is since um, is the um, is Spaceship Earth, how it's now yes. lit up. Yes. And I think that creates a it, it is it is amazing, and all the shows that they they do in there every evening now. I'm so glad yeah. they kept that after the fiftieth. Yes, is that something else along with your list of happily ever after, Claire? That <laughs> needs to be on the list? <laughs> do you know what it is? It's because every time we've been since they put that in, even when I was on my own, yeah. so. You're the what other side of the park. Now, or... is it? Five trips now yeah. since they put it in. Yeah. Been going in and out the International Gateway. Uh, I had to get an Uber yeah. from the beach club okay. because I was going off somewhere yeah. Yeah. after the park or before that. I was coming in that way because part there yeah. and breakfast or something. I haven't been, I've been in and out of the front entrance of Epcot once okay. yeah. in five trips. And bearing in mind, within the summer, we were there for three weeks. So, that's just and that—that's <laughs> just how it. Uh, it's like you've got no excuse, Claire. You were there for yeah. three weeks. I, <laughs> this is the thing. And Morgan yeah. and I parked. We went into Epcot on our own. We'd been off shopping, I think. We went into Epcot and we parked in the car park. Yeah. And that is the only time in the last five trips right. that I have parked in the main car park of Epcot. Because yeah. every other time, I've either we've either had breakfast in Trashore El Forno yeah. or parked at the beach club and ballet, whatever it is. And quite often, we will get an Uber to. Um, Epcot because we want to have a drink and we'll get the Uber to one of the um, Crescent Lake resorts because it's quicker and easier and um, so the front entrance area is all lit up is something that I haven't had time to sit and enjoy Mm -hmm. I've breezed past perhaps uh, but without any time to stop so I'm kind of hoping in a few weeks time that I might be able to really Mm -hmm. have some time there Mm -hmm. Uh, or even, you know, 20 minutes would be nice just to experience We, it we were quite lucky. We were staying at the Poly when we, um, on our so trip back. So we got the monorail. Yeah. So we walked that way. Yeah. And now the monorails are lit up as well. When you sit and go around yes. the park at oh, night. Oh, that's very cool. That, yeah. And they had a special um, sort of colour scheme for um, was it 4th of July. Right. Awesome. I remember the first time we went... And it's the only time it's happened that, that we've been. They turned Spaceship Earth into Mike Wazowski. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't they that do was, a Death yeah. Star as well? I think they yeah. did. Yeah, <laughs> they did. Yeah, they did. Yeah. And they also had a horrible wand and hand in <laughs> <laughs> 2000. Yeah, but we like to forget uh, that. Which I remember. But, but yeah. now, now, now they've got it right. 
They've got yeah. you know, lights, they've yeah. had rainbow connection, it all things. Yeah, they've done really well with it. Yeah. Yeah. Can I just pick and up it on it does it beautiful. When you watch a cross oh, yeah. the lagoon, yes. yeah. Spatial Curse looks yeah. it just... utterly gorgeous. Yeah. 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 Can I pick up again? Especially now they've got the tacos out of the way. Yeah, yeah, too right. Can I pick up on that whole thing, though, about certainly with the Magic Kingdom and certainly when you get to Epcot, that that sort of dusk time of day just becomes just such a beautiful time to just sit and take just take a moment within your day just to absorb what's happening. And it's like those who came in for rope drop generally are on the way out. They've got the evening crowd coming back in. But just watch because actually within the space of about half an hour, you go from big sunshine and then next thing you know, it's dark. And that's and that's just like, yeah. you can go into the shop and then come back out and it's dark and it's just like, whoa, yeah. someone's just switched the lights out. <laughs> yeah. and, and That it, magical it, yeah. and, Orlando yeah. sunset. Yeah. <laughs> but, it lasts five minutes. And it's I, yeah. Do you know what? I have seen it beautifully take... 15 minutes yeah. when I've been at the boathouse and you're looking yeah. across the yeah, okay. lake at Disney Street. I've seen it once and it was stunning. The rest yeah. of the time it really is like someone goes in and just turns out the switch. Yes. The, the, the go, worst oh! one is if, you, if you're on the people mover. You go in, you're out the tunnel, it's dark. <laughs> <laughs> it's still dark. What happened? What happened? Yeah. Right. Oh no. <laughs> what so, happened? I don't understand why it happened so quickly. It's great. And it's it is such a wonderful it's because you're not focused experience. on it. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. It's been yeah. yeah. Well, but the, the park changes, and it, it's just instantaneous. It's, it's just like you're there, and yes. it, the atmosphere changes. And I, I don't, I, to my dying day, I don't think I could ever explain it because you you stood there. It's the same. You could be in the same position, and it's suddenly a completely different feeling. And it might be that I've been in this rope drop and I'm a bit tired and stuff like that. Yeah. But generally, it gets to the stage where you get that extra adrenaline bu buzz to take you right through yeah. the park closing. And it, it's beautiful, really is. The alcohol kicks in. <laughs> no, I don't know if you've. Yeah. You get that have second you noticed wind. that it sounds like the music like yeah. the volume goes up yeah. when the lights go down? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. For me, I always sit there and go, oh, yes. the, um, you know, the background And, and it's all, de it's all so deliberate, case, or... isn't it? It's so deliberate. Yeah. And, yet, and I don't know whether it does or whether it's just that I think your senses the light become... isn't then yeah. playing. Your senses yeah. start playing. Yeah, yeah so it's just that... Yeah. Is, yeah. I wonder if the soundtrack's incredible. any different. I wonder if there's any sort of differences where so they have a So there's the pre-show nice... soundtrack in Epcot, isn't it? There's the yeah. bit that they play yeah. for like 45 minutes yeah. prior to what will be... Uh, was it luminous? Luminous. Yep. Yeah. Luminous. Yeah. Is that? Have I got right yeah. that? Luminous. Yes. luminous. Yeah. Or luminous. luminous. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds a bit too Harry Potter for me, but lumos. But yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Or luminous. Luminous. Whatever. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Whatever. It's a bit like illuminations um, crossed with harmonious. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. Because harmony nations wouldn't fit on uh, on the postcard. So yeah. Uh, as long as there's no tacos. Exactly. Yes, in the lake, yeah. It's all good. The pavilion. In, in like pavilions, but not in yes. the lake. Yes. Yes. Yeah. One thing that we yeah. did last time at Epcot was we were right at, at the back of the lagoon. We were, I think we were about near Japan. 
And we were thinking about making our way out of the park and, and going back to our resort. And suddenly I thought, look, my feet are tired. Um, I'm tired. I really cannot face schlepping all the way to the front of the park with everybody else. Why don't we nip out, grab a Skyliner, go to Hollywood Studios just to go to the bus? Literally. Oh, it's quicker. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we went to Hollywood Studios. It was a <coughs> lovely, quiet, gentle ride. Um, beautiful views in the dark with with all the lights. And yeah, yeah we just jumped off at uh, Hollywood Studios and got straight on a bus. Talking Seems. of Hollywood Studios, now that Fantastic's back, yeah. Fantastic, Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> I, I know it's fantastic. Back. It is, it is. <laughs> brilliant. Um, now that Fantasmic's back... <laughs> there is more reason than there was to stay late at, um, at Hollywood Studios. So what about yeah. Hollywood Studios, guys? Yeah. I think we're all Fantasmic wow. fans. Oh, yeah. I'm still singing it in my head. Too right. yes, absolutely. I've just got this image of what, was it, like was it Dopey weeks. or Goofy that fell off the boat or off the ship? But landed on Goofy. I mean, that's a so Willy moment. Is, yeah, it wasn't, um, it the, wasn't one of the, the steamboat Willy ever. moment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh dear. That's the bit where Morgan absolutely loses his mind. We've seen Fantasmic now four or five times with Morgan Lily, and yeah, when when the steamboat Willy character yeah. comes around the corner yeah it's like yeah that, that is and why have they not got him as a meet and greet yeah. mm. around the park you know yeah. hundred years yeah. disney just saying come on yeah. steamboat, steamboat willie, willie, willie yeah. Yeah. in the back of uh oh, just a one man's dream it's one man's yeah. dream yeah. Yeah. yeah take my yeah. one away yeah steamboat willie yeah perfect it's little mermaid in the area or now, i think is it oh, yeah from oh, the live or, action or at least oswald an hortensia Steamboat Willie. Right, yeah. Rotate them round. What you Definitely. could do is you could probably have a meet and greet towards like where Mickey and Minnie's just in the centre part of the park. Totally. I don't know. There's just Such so many. Opportunity missed. The character's there. They've got the kit. Yeah. Maybe if they just get rid of Olaf. Take Olaf out. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Olaf meet Why and greet. They, I don't. Yeah. Do you know what though, Ben? They must have had these. We're having these conversations. They must have had these conversations. The Imagineers where mm. Hollywood Studios must have gone. What we need to do yeah. for the hundred years is to, you know, to really try and celebrate that, uh, you know, what's what's the history? Yeah. Well, it's not Olaf, is it? Let's face it. <laughs> no. Let's do something yeah. better. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, no, I think yeah. so. I think this, mm-hmm. I think my favourite thing about uh, Hollywood Studios at night is the Terra Terra. Oh, yes, right. screams. You walk, yeah. You're walking up to go to Fantasmic, yeah. and all you can hear is screams coming from yeah. the tower. <laughs> and I just love the way that it's lit. I just think it, it, it makes it even more creepy. It's wonderful. Yeah. I, I remember doing that on our last trip, and, and there was a yeah. night. It was like, it was yeah. towards the end. It was during the um, After Hours Dizzy's Hollywood Studios After Hours event, which we paid extra for, which for, was for three hours. So we stayed in there to, in the park to 1 a.m., um, just to stay, and we did Tara Tara literally as a minute before park close, mm-hmm. and and there wasn't many people in the queue. It it, it was yeah. it was really really good, and that ride really does change when you do it at night. With yes. less people in in yes. there than than normal. To actually ride it at night though, when you get to the top, as you mm-hmm. as you're looking out, it is just it it is such a different outlook as you 
you know, everything's lit, everything's just your eyes are completely used to it. So during the day, your eyes, you get to the top of the ride and your eyes are kind of burning when you get that sunlight on, on you. <laughs> At nighttime, it's not quite, it's not quite so bad. Um, but for me, in the, in the studios in particular, it's, it's always going to be fantastic. I think it's, it shows what you do if you invest in nighttime entertainment. I won't mention go yeah. back to other parts. Um, but it also, it's that... Again, it's that coming together as a as a as a group of people, and I think that 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 for me is one of the key parts of this. It, you know, it's where the Christmas parade and the Halloween parade within Magic Kingdom work. You get to meet some amazing people, just like you do before Fantasmic, and you just like you can sit. You know, you're sitting there for well for however long you get in before the show and we are very much usually half an hour in we're in good we're in good and early for it and it's actually you you get such a cracking chat with people and you get to and that to me is that's what that's what being disney parks is about it's not (laughs) the the me 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 scenario it's about meeting fellow-minded people who have enjoyed an amazing day in the park or have come into the park for the evening just for the nighttime show because yep. we've done it that way as well, and yeah. that that for me is the best bit about nighttime. It's it's enjoying the lighting, it's enjoying the sounds, but it's meeting people as well. Never you never forget. I think what they've done with Fantasmic, where they've added in the characters of Moana, Elsa. Yeah. They, they, there's just so much stuff that yeah. I think that by yeah. removing where they had the scene with Pocahontas in that section, they've removed that, and I just think it is really good, and mm. I love. Like you said, John, about the yeah. the, uh, the pre-show, yeah. I think it yeah. has the best sound pre-show soundtrack of any yeah. Um, yeah. nighttime entertainment. That it, yeah. it's it, it's it brilliant, is. and then you have it's... the crowd doing the Mexican wave. Yeah, yeah, themselves. You know, yes. yeah. have they brought back the CMs doing warm-ups? Um, you know, people back, 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 CMs. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, well, yes, well, <laughs> cast members. members, caught you. Well done. Yeah, that's, that's, that, that's the sound so, of the siren. Indeed. <laughs> yeah, we can we can sound loop that for future <laughs> methods. Yes, we can use that. Do you know what, Ben? I'll let you have that. I won't Brilliant. use copyright on that. I'll be practicing that for weeks. <laughs> so yeah, back back in the day. Uh, they used to have some cast members would come to the front and they would do quizzes and get people up uh, out of the crowd and do silly things with them and, and get everybody doing Mexican waves and so yeah. on. When we went yeah. in November, that wasn't there. So the crowd were doing their own waves. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's tradition now with Fantasmic. Yeah. yeah, it just happens. Yeah, it was really funny when we were there in the in the summer because Millie had never seen a Mexican wave. Okay, it's not something that yeah. as a ten year old you would ever yeah, yeah. experience because yeah. she's not been to like, a rugby match or anything like that. And she was in hysterics because <laughs> this thing went from one end <laughs> to the other, right yeah. Yeah. and yeah. backwards and forwards. It must have done like 15, 20 yeah. times in a row. And just when you thought they were going to, and it was it was so funny watching yeah. her yeah. and Morgan joining in and just laughing at watching everyone else doing it. And it was like this is because the first time we went to Fantasmic, that didn't happen. There wasn't any Mexican no. way. Okay. Oh. This time it was oh, like brilliant. everyone was full on, absolutely in it, yeah. and it was it's it fab. Was it is so, so good. No, yeah. There's nobody entertaining, but 
the crowd yeah. just do it crowd themselves, themselves yeah. because they know what yeah. needs to be done. There's one right. downside, and I've always, I, I, the last two times we've watched Fantasmic, we've experienced this both, and unfortunately this is more of a guest issue more than it is. It's people tend to leave about five minutes before the show ends. So they stand up when you yeah, and they start walking back, and you can't see. And then people stand up in front of you, and you can't see the steamboat Willie and the boat, everything going around because people are standing up in your way. And I just think people for some people have been there for the first time. This is the first time seeing that show. Yeah, too right. I just think people need to just take that extra sit out and just wait till it's over. No, but people do leave. But if they've seen it before, um, Mm. just because they want to be the first out. Oh. And not be in that queue, which I know I can understand. Uh, but do you know what? If you want to what, wait, ten minutes to walk out. Yeah, yeah, there's no real queue to get out. I mean, you know, yes, it's quite a long walk, but you're all kind of walking at a uniform pace. I, I, I have, yeah. I suffer from crowd anxiety, and sometimes yeah. I, I prefer to wait about yeah, five, ten yeah. minutes till everyone's gone, and then I'll leave. Yeah. I, I won't leave during the show, and disrupt yeah. other people's mm. view. That's just that's, so thinking that's of Hollywood studios. Manners, isn't it? Yeah. it is. Thinking of Hollywood Studios, if John can have his glorious three-hour salute to Spectre Magic, I am going to have one for the Osborne family of Dancing Lights. Yeah, absolutely. Right, I forgot about yeah. those. Yeah, Much missed. that Much missed. for me was the best thing ever to happen after dark in Hollywood Studios. It was the reason that I started reading up on going to Walt Disney World in the first place. And it was absolutely magical. And I understand the reason why they got rid of it. But I really do wish that they would find somewhere else to do it. Yeah. Um, but That'd we'll have to perfect, wait and see what John. Jollywood Nights is like. Yeah. So, 47 days from the point of recording. <laughs> oh, I should be going to Jollywood don't. Nights. Ooh. And I am... So unbelievably excited! I think I'm there's so many things I'm doing in my next I'm very trip jealous, jealous that though. are firsts, yeah, yeah. including happily ever after. Just saying, uh, dapper days. Mm-hmm. But Jollywood nights is something that Anna and I decided we would. We had the choice of that or the Christmas party, mm. um, and because Jollywood nights is so unique, yeah. I cannot wait. And I don't. A part of me wants to film it all so we can use it, but I don't Experience. want to ruin it by spending yes. all the time filming it. So I'm trying to <laughs> yeah. do a bit of, of, yeah. of stuff. Claire, if, um, if I lend I you my GoPro, you can sort of strap it to your head. So I <laughs> should get around. That's not going to happen. Um, I will take my gimbal that day and we will, we will oh, do wow, some filming. Okay. Um, I, you know, just the thought of the Brown Derby turning into a speakeasy and jazz bar. Yes. yes. That's where we're going to be. <laughs> Isn't there a meet and greet for Phineas and Ferb? There is a Christmas Phineas and Ferb meet and greet, Ooh, which is wow. on the list because Anna loves them just as much Fantastic. as I do. And um, uh, this is so, I don't know how we're going to cram it, cram it all in. It's a bit like Halloween party, you know, there's so many different things going yeah. on. It's like, what do you prioritise? Yeah. Um, and, you know, the music around Echo Lake at Christmas mm. is the, I think Hollywood it Studios yeah. around, around the, you know, the festive yeah. period has the best music. And certainly it last does, year, yes. I remember cooking Christmas dinner and just having the Echo Lake Christmas loop on, yeah. on a loop, just yeah. like repeated over and yeah. over because it's just the most amazing music. And Gertie's got a Christmas hat on and all those things. <laughs> the baubles um, in the lake. Yeah. I just love it. Yeah. And yeah. so, and, and Hollywood Studios is not my favourite park. No. But when it comes to the Christmas. nighttime yeah. Christmas, like, vibe, mm. 
it changes so much and yeah. I've had you know had a really great time yeah. and I cannot wait this year to see what it ha- what, what it's like I'm not envious at all <laughs> not, not a bit at all no I wasn't no. hyping it up just to wind you up <laughs> <laughs> um, it's gonna be great which so, I guess takes us on to um Animal Kingdom yeah Animal Kingdom now we're talking in, in the dark yeah. Oh, and, Go on, John. And actually, but actually, that's a park where a lot of people kind of kind of forget that when it was originally opened, everyone said it was a half day park. It shut at five o'clock at night, even mm. you know, even in the middle of summer, and it never saw the nighttime, uh, you know, for guests. And it's only really been in recent years that they've done it. But on the back of Pandora opening. Being able to ride Everest in the dark is just one of the most amazing yeah. things to experience. But that walk, that walk into Pandora is is something really to behold. And again, just as you go in the way that they've actually gone about the actual Imagineering, I think we've spoken about this on a Wednesday show about Joe Rohde's absolutely incredible vision for what he wanted the land to look like and and you pick up on that and Claire I will mention the concrete before you do um because the concrete <laughs> itself is just yeah. just a sight to behold but when you get in there what you've seen in the daytime it you you would think it was a completely different place you take photographs of the same things in the evening it's just totally different and it is amazing. It has got you've got to go and do it. You've got to go and see it. It is just the most amazing bit of of nighttime magic in a way. Because what they've done is they've actually they've thought about what they want it to look like when you're taking pictures of it in the daytime, but also when you're taking pictures of it at night. And and to be able to yeah. marry the two of them together is, is very, very clever. It's it's just really, I, I will admit really to them getting lost in Pandora at night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so different. It's really dark. It's reasonably easy to get lost in Pandora in the daytime. Like, yeah, no, but, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. half the fun. It yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but also doing um, ride and flight of passage when you have when you go through the standby queue because one of the best things to do when the park's closing is to jump in the queue because you're going to yeah. have be be one of the last people. Yeah on that ride and one of the last people out into the park where it's empty we, we did it in since 2020 yeah it must have been last year uh june 2022 and yeah. we got the park closed at 10 o'clock which was late for um, annual kingdom we were in the queue at five to ten we got out we were on the ride off the ride by quarter to 11 and we spent the next yeah. 45 minutes just in pandora Right, and yeah. gradually security was walking us towards the exit. <laughs> but it, it was like there was no one around. It, it was just the sounds that you wouldn't have heard during the day because there's so many yeah. people around. It was yeah. so different. It's interesting, isn't it? Because actually, going back to that same point about how it's changed into an evening park, even when they had Rivers of Light of an evening as a nighttime show, at the same time, you had... The Tree of Life awakens, and the the projection yeah. show onto the Tree of Life, which if if you didn't go and watch Rivers of Light, you could stand for absolutely hour upon hour, and just watching this, it, it was absolutely magical. Of one, how they yeah. could turn the Tree of Life into basically a cinemascope, 
And then secondly, just yeah. the, the amount of detail that they actually got into it. And again, just another bit of a bit of magic where you previously thought, well, there you go, big tree, they're just going to put a big white light on it and it's just going to, you know, it's just going to be lit, <laughs> lit up, a bit like a Christmas tree. But they've not, they went to that extra level and the detail that yeah. you could actually see within that was, was superb. And they did a Christmas version of that as well when we were yeah, at yes, before. Yeah. Um, and now they've got the Zootopia <laughs> or Zootropolis um, show is going to be on that, I think. Yes. Yeah, right, okay, it'd be good. It'd be good. And even cool. previously, Ben, I think in, in, in a previous incarnation of it, there was still bits of Zootopia and Zootopolis within what you were seeing as well. So I'm not expecting it to come back and be that much different. But what Definitely. I'm hoping for is mm -hmm. just to give it a little bit more publicity because I think a lot of people didn't know exactly when the actual show itself was on. And so if you got caught and you were coming out of Rivers of Light or you were in, like yourself would be in the queue for Pandora, you come out and someone would talk about it maybe on the bus back to resort and you're thinking, hang on, I've, I've missed something. And, and people just weren't aware of exactly what, what was actually happening. It's absolutely brilliant. But it's one of those things that people miss. A little bit like when you yeah. get to Magic Kingdom and someone says, oh, I saw the kiss goodnight. And people are like, well, what is the kiss goodnight? And it's like, oh, yeah, you don't know. And it's just suddenly you should stay half an hour after, <laughs> park, after park closing. Stay there. And you see there's another little show on the castle. It's, it's those little things, those little bits of magic that become yeah. part and parcel yeah. of, of your whole day. And you, like I said before um, mm. in this show, it's the things like that that stay with you and they remain in your memory until your next trip. I think in um, Animal Kingdom, there was also, they did do the Harambe party nights, okay, right, which, yes. went, which were, you know, based in that Harambe marketplace with loads of entertainment and they were extra ticketed events. They did them, I think it was pre-COVID yeah. for maybe two summers, nice. I think. Um, with food and drinks, and uh, the band were playing, and there was loads of and that, I think that looks like a gr yeah. that was such a great idea because mm. that area, when the lights, you know, when when the light goes, the Africa section tends to be fairly desolate, yes, because they don't really have the evening safari anymore. Um, you know, you're not going to be going up to Rafiki's Planet Watch after four o'clock in the afternoon, yeah. and unless you're scooting that way through from Pandora to go to ride Everest in the dark, just saying. Um, or to get a view of the back of the Tree of Life. Yeah. You're probably not going to be around the Africa area. And I think, again, the theming around there is so special. Yeah. And when it's dark, mm. I think it's, uh, you know, that, that whole use of that area was really clever. Yeah. Uh, and it could almost be sectioned off as a, you know, I think they do do some private parties and stuff yeah. there. But, okay. you know, it, I wonder it if that's to... open during the um, Animal Kingdom after hours. I don't because know. Because I know, I know they do that. They do it all four parks and they'll have the um, three hour after hours options. It, mm. It's one of those things, as with Mickey's Very Merry Christmas mm. Party and um, the Halloween party, it is a extra ticket event. And it's one of those things I would say from our experience when we did Hollywood Studios, it's not more geared to you being in the park late at night it's more to can i get all these attractions done in three hours yeah. mm -hmm, there yeah. is yeah. other entertainment that they add on there is food there are snacks okay. it has many ice creams and popcorn okay. you can get yeah. but it's one of those things it just depends whether you want to be in the park late at night we were there to 1am so mm -hmm. it, it's a it's a totally different experience 
Wow. I think it depends if you're a if you're a morning person or an evening person. Yeah. And clearly, I'm a early morning girl, <laughs> uh, generally on a day to day basis. But I'm particularly when we're there, I'm very much yep. an, an early morning. Be in the park by seven thirty. You're a rope, rope, rope drop, not fireworks. Yeah. Yeah, mm. and I just. Um, I feel like I'm missing out a little bit. Oh, so this discussion's making me question my life choices. <laughs> this is where you become rope shop to fireworks. Mm, yeah, well, I think the next trip it might be a bit like that. But, but that, uh, you know, that fits in perfectly, kids, though, Claire. It's a bit easier. It fits in perfectly because actually we were there the first summer that they did. Um, they tried to do the Kilimanjaro safaris as a twilight hours into dark. Mm. Now, somebody somewhere hadn't yeah. actually thought that when it goes dark, you actually can't see the animals. And so, <laughs> yeah. so you, you, were, you, were, you, were, you were sat on, you were sat going round, going round, and you like you really straining your eyes, <laughs> looking at the rocks. Just trying, trying, <laughs> is it moving? Is it moving? And all the animals had shipped out of the parks, and they'd had it for the day. They, yeah, they're, no. they're like you. They got up early morning to go and get fed and things like that. You know, they're back in the barn. Yeah, yeah. They, they were these trucks. They weren't for staying yeah. around for night time. Nobody told them about that. You know. Yeah. <laughs> do you think they have like training for training the drivers? Like, <laughs> yes, like, yeah. Just, yeah, we've got to keep them out for a couple of hours. Yeah. You yeah. can't see anything, yeah, yeah. but they need to learn the script. They need to learn. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's funny because we, when we were there in the summer, we asked about which animals go don't ever go in the barns, yeah. particularly if there's things like hurricanes and stuff. And they were saying that some of the cat, the um, the I think they're the Eland antelope, yeah. okay, and the um, oh the wildebeest, they never go back in the barns yeah. because they're so skittish. Mm. That if they're particularly the wildebeest, if they're going to charge each, if they're going to have a bit of a moment where it's a bit loud and they get a bit frightened, then they yeah. run. It's better that they're out on the savannah yeah. and they run. And they got more room to move them in a barn yeah. and yeah. they run. Yeah. Um, there's less less risk of injury. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the yeah. uh, I think the um, painted dogs as well. Okay. Don't they don't go inside because they're feisty. So yeah. it's quite an interesting conversation because yes. there was a, there's an incoming hurricane when we were there and they were saying which animals will you leave out? But they're fine. You know, which one draws the it. short straw? Yeah, <laughs> they are used to it. It's okay. They're safe. Yeah. Claire, I initially but thought yeah. you said that animals were going back to the bar. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> that's the that's, humans. <laughs> yes, yes, that's back yes. to Epcot. Yes, yes. that's true. Mm. And they do behave like animals. Especially on a Saturday night. Particularly, I was going to say, particularly on a Saturday night in the summer, uh, yeah, yeah, during food and water. They're over there with Disney Springs. Messy. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it gets messy. Oh. The Disney Springs at night is really nice. It is, yes. Yeah. It's, it's very oh, yeah, nice. I, yes. Again, I think it feels like the music is louder. Yes. I don't know yes. why. I just, I think it is a sense. I think it is at the Springs, though. Yeah, maybe the yeah. light. Yeah. yeah, and the the lighting on the on the waterway that runs through, yes. you know, the bit yeah. that goes up the side of um, oh yeah, homecoming and yes. that whole waterway oh, that runs through yeah. is just every time I've been there, I've gone. I would just like to be in that water. Yeah. I'd quite like just Aww. to wade in it. Can someone just bring me a drink yeah. and I'll sit down there? I don't mind if I. Can I love it. getting Blaze Pizza or Deluxe Burger and just sitting, and having sitting a outside by, by that water. Yeah. Right, and don't you sit there going, "That water looks so clean and yeah. so cool," and I bet it's. <laughs> it looks pretty. Yes. Yeah, it makes you want to be there, and, um, and again, I, I I do think that um, 
Disney Springs at night is quite a different vibe. It does feel, yeah, yes. particularly at weekends, it does feel a bit more grown up. Not quite to the Pleasure Island end of things. No. Um, but certainly, you know, if you were to go and sit at Homecoming at the bar or at Jocks or yeah. even the, you know, Dockside Bar at the Boathouse, it is a, it's not that it's not child-friendly. It just feels yeah. more... yeah. Like the scales have tipped towards adult friendly. Yeah, yeah. That sounds awful. I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you mean. That's not Disney. That's Universal. <laughs> you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Yeah. Don't be adult friendly. It's aimed at grown ups. Yeah. 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 Thank you for saving that. <laughs> I always we'll certainly leave that in. <laughs> I always find that I spend more money at night at um, Disney Springs than I do in the daytime. <laughs> For some reason, I, mm-hmm. I, I think I'm just suckered by the pretty lights, and I just, <laughs> just. The get thing my is, you can't see your credit card coming out of your wallet. It's just like the, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. For me, um, coming in on the boat from yeah. Port Orleans French Quarter and seeing all the lights again, it, it's just yeah. absolutely beautiful. And yes, we we went to Jock Lindsay's and we went to Wine Bar George, and yes, they are beautiful from the outside as well with all the lights on. Mm. Tis- Did you sit in the boat at Jock Lindsay's? Uh, no, no, we didn't. Uh, but uh, that's fun. Yeah, but it yeah. is—it's a lovely place. We did actually bump into some people we knew, but uh, that was a bizarre. That we experience. hadn't planned to meet. Yes, but yes, yes, yes. We didn't even know we're, we're going to be in Orlando at the time. But, so uh, yeah. Good. It's you always meet someone, you know. Yeah. I don't think I've been there once oh. and not seen someone. No. We bumped into some people from work once. <laughs> we were walking around World Showcase. No, no, we were yeah. walking around World Showcase. There were a couple of doctors that we work with who were there with their part, their wives, and the wives had gone back to the hotel, and these two consultants that we work with were in Hawaiian shirts sitting at a high-top table in Italy and had clearly had a good time getting <laughs> round that far. And... So they definitely started in Mexico then? I think they might have started in, I don't know, actual Mexico. (laughs) Um, They they had had a fair few beverages and it was hysterical. And we still laugh about it now with them. You know, they were there and these these two middle-aged men were just enjoying their afternoon in Epcot. It's amazing. On our own Wild Africa trek, we, um, there was a, mother and son and they were from the same town we're from wow so we traveled Amazing. all that all yeah. that way four yeah. and a half thousand miles and booked the exact same tour you always find trip. someone you know yeah oh. yep it's definitely what a small world <laughs> oh well done <laughs> yeah. ben no apologies for having that song stuck in your head now <laughs> ben phew what a busy episode and that's not all out there in social media land, there's a whole plethora of waffle goodness. So why not check out our previous podcasts on your platform of choice and keep an eye out for all the fun yet to come. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And if you don't want to miss our upcoming episodes, be sure to keep an eye out. And in the meantime, you can join us on our Facebook community, The Waffler's Arms, to chat about trips past and present and future, as well as park news and load of other random Disney waffling. And now, I think it's time we hit the hay. Thanks for listening, and there's only one thing left to say. Waffle on. Waffle on. Waffle Christmas on. is coming. <laughs>